No doubt there are several reasons business leaders and owners are held back from growing their teams and companies. Today, I'm going to talk about the critical reason that mechanically may be the most restrictive. Stay tuned to see what I mean. Running a service business can be hard. It is not unusual for business owners in industries like contracting, home repair, auto repair, business-to-business services like janitorial, IT and accounting, and many others to feel overwhelmed by all the priorities facing them at any given time. Between addressing the needs of the customers, managing the employees, figuring out the financials, and getting processes in place, feeling like you're making significant progress on your business journey can be difficult. Welcome to Service Industry Success, hosted by Brian Harding. Each week, Brian will look at real-world strategies for building the business you are dreaming of, while also sharing tactics to get through some of the most frustrating parts of business ownership with a lot more ease. Let's get started. So when I say mechanically the most restrictive, you're probably wondering what I mean. Well, what I mean by that is I'm assuming that you've come to the conclusion you actually want to grow your business. If you've not come to that conclusion, (laughs) that would be the key thing that has to happen. And that would be the biggest restrictor is not having the desire or belief or, you know, be driven to do so. That's much more of an abstract thing, though. So that's not really what I'm talking about here. And again, for most people listening to this, I'm I'm going to guess you've gone ahead and assumed that you want to grow, improve, make progress, like those kinds of things are probably taken care of. So I don't really feel it necessary to talk about that. So obviously, you have to have the desire to get better, bigger and grow and make progress, those kinds of things, or another stuff I talk about makes any sense. So again, if that's not true, that would be the biggest restriction. So why I say the the mechanical restrictions, because I'm talking about like the actual mechanics of how we do things. So I think it's important for us to all agree that the business cannot grow past the biggest bottleneck. And what is the biggest bottleneck? Well, almost always, especially at certain times in the business growth you know, trajectory, almost always it's the business owner. Now, this is not a criticism. I'm not wagging my finger at anybody saying you should be, you should be better. I'm not, this is not that. It's just a fact of life. In the beginning, we have to do so many things that as we begin to grow and delegate tasks and then delegate decisions, like we just become a bottleneck because so many people need us at one time. We're being pulled in many directions. You, you, you obviously know what I'm talking about when I say we've been pulled in a lot of directions. So again, this is not a criticism. I'm not, I'm not lecturing you and saying you should be better. That's not what this is. It's just a fact of life that we are often the bottleneck in our own businesses. The business simply cannot grow past the point or cannot grow past the number of decisions the leader must make in any given period of time. So how do we increase the number of decisions that can be made? Well, sometimes we just work more. (laughs) And sometimes in the beginning, like that's, you don't have a choice. You can't afford to hire people. You can't, you can't, you know, do the other things that would be options later on. And so instead of working 50 hours a week, we just work 80 hours a week. Now, spouses don't generally love this plan. So I'm going to go ahead and call this plan B for now. (laughs) So what else can we do? I'll tell you in a minute. First, let me ask you a question. How much is having employees who don't seem to care costing you and your company? It might be nearly impossible to calculate the losses of income or time, the missed growth and improvements, the poor performance, additional worry about our future stability and success, never mind the loss of joy and fulfillment, all from having employees who are just not as committed and, and engaged as we would like. Imagine for a moment what your life would be like if you had a team who genuinely cared. Sounds like an impossible dream, doesn't it? 
That's what I used to think too. Then through sheer desperation and a little luck within my own company, I stumbled upon a way to get to truly get employees to care, which had nothing to do with compensation. In other words, really getting employees to care again didn't cost me a single penny. Now, not only did I do it in my own company, but now I've taught several business leaders just like you how to do the exact same thing in their own organizations, and the results have been nothing short of amazing with well over a 95% success rate. This solution works best for revenue-producing employees in companies that provide a service. I don't think it would work well in product-based businesses like restaurants or retail establishments, and I don't think it would work very well with a team of only one or two. Today, I'm offering to teach you the exact same secret for free in an online training I'm doing a few times over the next couple of weeks. Now, I know webinars are well-known to overpromise and under-deliver or be some kind of bait-and-switch trick, but to make this as easy as possible for you, I need to be available to answer questions you may have, so a webinar is really just the best way to do this to teach this particular solution. Yes, you will also learn about a new monthly membership I'm launching to help business owners and leaders just like you with problems just like this. Just like you, it'd be silly for me to have a great solution for my clients and not let them know it's available. But absolutely no purchase will be necessary to get the full benefit of the training. I promise you'll have clear step-by-step instructions to implement the exact same three-step solution I did by the end of the webinar. You'll be able to roll it out to your, with your own team in less than 90 minutes. If you like what I show you, you might very well want more solutions like this for other problems you have. And if you don't, You'll have invested less than 90 minutes of your time and zero money to learn how to solve a problem you know is costing you immensely, which is having employees who don't care as much as you would like. The 90-minute webinar, The Secret to Getting Employees to Care Again, a simple step-by-step solution that will really get your team engaged without changing their compensation. That's what it's called. To register, just go to employeesecrettraining.com. Fill out the quick form. Once I've received the notification, you fill out the form. I'll coordinate which meeting you want to attend, and I'll send you the calendar invite uh, through a Zoom link. It's that easy, and I promise this will change your life. At least it did for me, and now countless others. So back to our topic. In order to increase the number of decisions that can be made, rather than working 80 hours per week, I would recommend teaching more people how to make decisions. Now, that sounds obvious, but here's what I've learned. The mechanical act of transferring knowledge from one person's brains to another is maybe the most important and underrated acts we do or don't do well. Now, why is that? many reasons. First of all, we rush it. We have this perceived belief in if, that it's more efficient to get through many topics rapidly than to slow down and actually teach topics and educate people. We have this perceived belief or this perception that, that it's okay to just like cram seven topics in 30 minutes because I have only 30 minutes and I have seven topics this week. So that, that must be the way I have to do it. And this is just not, in my opinion, this is not, this is not teaching and educating. This is not training. This is something different, which I'll describe here in a second. Also, just standing in front of people and telling them is all we've ever known. Whether it's one-on-one, one-to-many, whatever the training is, whatever the conversation is like. For most of us, our entire career is just full of the boss or the lead or the manager or the whatever. Just saying to do things. <laughs> and I, I have, you know, like you, I've experienced this so many times in my career. I, the only difference for me is I had a, I had a three mentors, maybe four that really showed me different ways to do it. that were much more effective. That's the only, that's the only benefit I have. And I was put in situations where I couldn't not do it because if I didn't do it, I'd lose my job. That's the only benefit I have. I, I didn't, I wasn't born knowing this stuff. I wasn't even good at it in the beginning. 
I just had people who were patient with me and taught me and required me to do it basically. And I couldn't get out of it. So I learned these other strategies that now when I watch people do training and they stand in front of people and just tell them things and have an expectation that that works, it, it just, it, it looks ineffective to me. We don't have discussions for a couple of reasons. One is we're desperately afraid of looking stupid in front of our teams. Now, this is not something we talk about a lot, and I get it. It's, it's, it's maybe one of the more vulnerable things we would ever admit. But if we, if we have conversations and discussions and we ask questions, we're opening ourselves up to being caught, not able to think quickly enough and accurately enough to get out of a, of a, a verbal situation. We don't know the, the right thing to say at one time or at, at a given time. And so it's easier just to stand in front of people and just say, well, here's what you need to do. Any questions? Nope. They all nod and smile and we all leave, right? We've, we've all had countless meetings like that. The problem is if they don't talk, I can't diagnose where they get it and where they don't get it. So the other thing is we don't see the value in make time for, or know how to diagnose where they get it, where they buy in and where they're completely missing the boat. So we don't have discussions because we don't, we don't know how, we're afraid of looking stupid. We're afraid of getting caught in a situation we can't get out of. And we think it's much more efficient to just cram as many topics as we can into a, a, whatever meeting time we have allotted. And telling them is just all we've ever been taught. That's all we know. Therefore, we end up having lectures, pronouncements, announcements, monologues. That's what it ends up being. And in my opinion, that's just not effective. My number one, my number one rule of training is, if telling them worked, I wouldn't be having this problem or this discussion right now. <laughs> so anytime I find myself in a situation where I begin is telling people things, to do things, how to do things, that kind of stuff. Here's the thing to do. Here's a reminder. Like we have all these euphemisms for just telling people reminders and we're going to circle back to this. And it's all just a way of saying, I'm going to stand here and tell you things. And if that worked, I wouldn't be having this conversation <laughs> because it would have worked last time I did that which was seven days ago or two weeks ago or a month and a half ago. And one of the biggest reasons our people can't make a decision is because we don't have a balanced understanding of what we're trying to accomplish. I'm sorry. They don't have a balanced understanding of what we're trying to accomplish. We, and therefore they can get hyper-focused on either high level abstract, but very important ideas and concepts or process level very specific, and again, very important actions. So let me give you an example. There's a company called Les Schwab. It's a tire company in the Pacific Northwest. I think they started out of Oregon, and they're all over Oregon, Washington, and Idaho. Now, they're, they're um, known for when you pull in the parking lot, the employees run to your car. Now, why do they do that? It doesn't matter if it's the manager the guy who's been there for a week, it, do, it doesn't matter if it's male or female, it doesn't matter. You pull in the parking lot and they run to your car. They do that to demonstrate to the customer that we value them, we prioritize them, like we get that this is inconvenient, like there's a million reasons why they do that. And if all we did is talk about that high level concept and say, we want to demonstrate to our customers we value them and we want to show them that their time is important and that we prioritize them and that we're appreciative and all we did is talk about those high level ideas Without ever talking about the action of running to the car, we'd be missing a big piece. Conversely, if all we talked about was running to the car and we never talked about the high-level idea and the concepts we're trying to accomplish, people at some point would go, why am I running to the car? 
So here's the first step to make your training more effective, in my opinion. And I say this as someone who, like most things I talk about, I had to learn the hard way. Again, I was not born knowing any of this stuff. But when I started seeing training really begin to change for me, and this was actually before, well before I became a business owner, I saw this because somebody showed me how to do this and I started doing it. And what do you know? It worked. <laughs> Is when I began deliberately talking about both the high level concepts and the process level actions, goals, and expectations in a balanced manner, I really began to see behavioral changes in the team because they could, they could, they got it. <laughs> I don't know how else to say this. They got it. They understood why the actions were necessary because they had to, lead to we were trying to accomplish the high level goal or the high, you know, with the, this reach this high level concept. And they understand, understood at the same time to reach these high level goals, we had to do these specific actions. If I spoke about one or the other, it didn't land. It didn't stick. They didn't get it. They didn't buy in. They didn't participate. They would nod and smile and go do their own thing. But when I began deliberately talking about both high-level concepts and process-level actions in balance, things changed. I kind of look at it like hiking on a trail. So I live in the Arizona in the Arizona area, Phoenix area, desert. Tons of hiking around here. Hiking is like a huge thing. I love it. I love going out in the desert. I love walking up the mountains. I love the views we get. I love. I love it all. Like it's it's fantastic. I don't look like I love it, but I love it. Trust me. Sometimes on these trails, you have to look down because if you don't, you're going to roll your ankle. Like some of these trails are fairly rough terrain and you have to pay attention where you're walking. Or you're going to be in trouble. And if you're, you know, four miles in, you, you break a leg or roll your ankle, you're in trouble. Also, I have to look up sometimes and like, where am I going in a quarter mile or where am I going in a half mile? Because I don't want to walk into a coyote. I don't want to walk off the edge of a trail. I don't want to walk into a rattlesnake. There's, there's tons of reasons for that, too. I don't want to walk into people who are coming down the trail. I can't only look down at the details of what my feet are doing. I can't only do that, which is the equivalent of the process level stuff we do in our business. If I only look down, like I said, I might walk into somebody. I might walk into a coyote. I might, I might fall. Who knows? All kinds of things could happen. I would not be prepared for what's ahead of me. And I can't only look up, which in our business is the overarching goals. Because if I only look up and I never look down, I could get in trouble and I could break my leg or roll my ankle. And I look at training the same way. It has to be in balance. Now, I'm not specifically saying what the balance should be because that, it varies. How much does your team get the high-level concept? How much do they get the detailed stuff? How much time have you, been, have you spent talking about one or the other? Which one are we struggling with the most right now? There's, there's variables that go into this. So I can't just say it should be 50-50, and I can't just say it should be 20-80 one way or the other. But I can say that it should not be zero and 100. It should not be 100% one or the other and 0% the other. If all I talk about is getting compliance on process and procedures, they never learn the context of why these things matter. And if all I talk about is high-level ideas, we may never commit to action or doing meaningful, measurable things well, which will create the overarching goals we have. So the first thing I'd recommend is just figure out for you, whatever you're training, whatever you're teaching, whatever you're educating on, before you start, what is the percentage of the, of the training meeting, the conversation that should be about the high-level idea? And what percentage should be about the process level actions? Now, here's the thing. If you make an estimate in the beginning, let's say you decide you're going to do 20% of the high level stuff and 80% of the actions or vice versa. It doesn't matter. Let's say you do that. And then you have the meeting. You're like, hmm, that sucked. I didn't like how that went. You can always change it next time. It's okay. 
if you get it wrong, fix it. It's okay. We're not, we're not committing to a, a lifelong arrangement or of this split. We're just picking a place to start to start. And so don't be worried about if you don't get it right, like what it's going to look like. Your people are never even know those happened. Unless you tell them. And if you tell them, they'll give you way more grace than you think that they will probably. So again, I don't know what the split should be for you. I do know it shouldn't be 100% one and 0% of the other. We have to have a balanced approach if we want people who can make really good decisions. We can't have people in charge who only understand the process level actions and decisions. We can't have people in charge who only understand the high level abstract stuff. They have to have a balance. The only way they get to balance knowledge is if we teach it in a balanced manner. The only way to increase the number of competent decisions that can be made in any given period of time is to teach people how to make good decisions. And that does not happen, in my opinion, without a balanced approach. So I hope that's helpful. I can only tell you for me, it, this, this is one of those things that was a, a game changer for me. And again, this is way before I owned a business. I was a, a lowly supervisor with, you know, 37 people on my, on my team at this, you know, back in 1998 or 99, when I started going through this and again, the reason I'm an expert now is because I have, you know, 25 years of experience. It didn't start out that way. I promise. All right. Don't forget to go to employeesecrettraining.com to register for the secret to getting employees to care again, a simple step-by-step solution that will really get your team engaged without changing their compensation. This is not hype. It will really change your life. I promise. If you find the information I share helpful, Please share this podcast with a friend or colleague who you think could benefit from it. You know, it could be somebody who's a business leader who has a team of employees that says things like, I don't know why my employees don't get it. Those are key words to say, I have a solution for you. That's a great indicator cue for you to share this podcast with them. Of course, public sharing is also appreciated. And uh, haven't mentioned this in a while. If you have a chance, give us a rating or give me a rating, a review, like all the podcasty things that, you know, it's Brian against the algorithm. Uh, they, you know, Apple and Spotify, all these things, they love ratings. They love reviews. That's how you grow this stuff. So if you haven't done that before and you have 20 seconds, I'd really appreciate you doing that for me. That's it for this week. I'll talk to you all next week.